Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uriyidi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. I always try to learn something from these conversations. One of the issues I've been dealing with recently is how to properly reconnect with my Haitian heritage. Leaving home is never easy, but keeping in touch with your roots is, I believe, a necessary part of stepping into your own authentic self, which is why I felt it was such a necessity to have my next guest on the program. As one half of the creative duo she formed with her incredibly talented husband, Movilino, Riva Nairi is one of those incredible souls that are on such another level of personal truth and empowering magic that all you can do is listen. Talented dancer, choreographer, children's author, jeweler, mother, as well as a truly incredible singer, Riva's body of work is a manifestation of what we often speak about on this podcast in regards to owning your personal truth and embracing your singular gift. We spoke about the importance of celebrating one's culture, daring to see with an open mind, the power of dreams, not being limited by doing just one thing, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 89 with Riva Nairi. Just off the bat, man, just off the bat, um... I have to ask you, uh, because the one thing that I have been feeling, because, you mm -hmm. know, I have taken the time to listen to your music and everything. Mm -hmm. And again, congrats on all your success. You definitely deserve it. And if I can say that, you are actually making me fall in love with the culture again. Because yeah, we try so hard. Because again, I grew up in Haiti. Um, you know, my, you know, all the way through high school, then I came to Canada for college and, you know, you don't pay attention or as much as you should to your heritage. And I mean, you as in, you know, general people, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, you look around the world and people are so connected and so proud of where they come from. And sometimes, especially for me, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for all Haitians, but for me. At some point, I guess I disconnected or didn't take it as intimately or as profoundly as I should because we have such a rich culture. And just really listening to your music again and the words and just the emotion. I'm not sure if because like, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more mature now. Mm -hmm. but you've made me fall in love with the culture again. And I just was just wondering how, where did that start for you? Just, you know, just being so connected you know with uh, with our culture the spirits and our beautiful heritage like you know where does that come from where did that come from for you um i would say that um it started just like at a young age um because you know i'm mixed so my dad is actually haitian and my mother she's american she's i didn't know irish. that oh okay yes yeah, she's of irish and russian descent but she's from brooklyn oh, okay um So when I moved, I moved to Haiti at five. Um, I was born in New York and then we moved down there. And I think having um, an American parent who appreciates Haitian culture and she was very curious and adventurous, I think that was, you know, sort of to my advantage because she took me places that my Haitian friends wouldn't, you know, wouldn't normally be visiting. Mm -hmm. Like she, we, she took me like on, you know, week-long, you know, ceremony visits on the year, she took me to, like, Ram many Thursdays. Um, Olofsson? Or, 
because we lived in Tiojo. I grew up like just a walking distance away from there. So that was like um, our second home. Um, so I think that, that, I mean, I was raised by my mother. My dad also lived in Haiti, but I was mm -hmm. always, you know, um, with my mom. So I feel like n now in hindsight, I realize that a lot of the things I was exposed to is because she had such an open mind, you know, like she appreciated the culture as an outsider. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, she put me in, in like a theater at a young age. She put, she put me, um, like in art classes with Tiga, um, Jacob Gaou. She really? put me in like lots of these, um, very artistic, um, programs from a young age. I guess she realized that I had a, a passion for those things and she wanted to sort of feed that. Um, and I feel like not all Haitian, um, households encourage those things and I, I think that my mom sort of really nourished um the artist in me just as a, as a young child I was I was um like teaching the kids in my neighborhood like I had my own art classes that I thought because I had so many art supplies so I'd have like cool do this thing just like silly things but um like things like that um I always just really had such a like we had so much Haitian art in my in our apartment where, where I grew up um we just always had but as you said that something a story came up that oh, reminded me um of how I feel Haitians how we are as a whole um when I was young when I was a teenager in Haiti I, I was dating this boy I had a <laughs> boyfriend and I was walking in the street Cause like I said, I lived in Chujo, so a lot of things were walking distance. Mm -hmm. And he was passing by in his car, you know, he was driving whatever a Pajero or something, and he drove past me. Like he, we were go going opposite direction. I saw him from a distance. It just He didn't even see me. We didn't make eye contact. And my mom says I was very shocked, and so I had a conversation with him the next time we spoke. I said, you know, I was in the street, I was on Teltel, you know, Riel, whatever, and you drove right past me. Like, how, how could you have done that? Like, what was on your mind? What were you doing? You were alone. Like, Kijan, he said that that's how he's trained or taught, like, by his parents to, you know, to drive or to, or to be. You don't really look to the to the side, or you don't look left or right. You, you don't, don't look, acknowledge. You look at your surround exactly. But imagine, even <laughs> as in a relationship with someone, I mean, we were kids, but still, he didn't see me. So I feel like it's sort of like um, um, sort of an interesting comparison, just like how we're all we all grew up in Haiti and we had all this, you know, like amazing, rich culture around us, but many of us were unaware. We weren't even tapped because we're so like sort of tunnel vision like we go to school we do this we do that we go to church like we don't really see like the deep um the deeper sort of like things that were going on around us so anyway side note but it's not a side note you definitely speak you know <laughs> something that is very true to our to my generation at least because just hearing you say that i realized like you know i'm not i wasn't any different because again you know uh my parents were very traditional and very conservative it was like you know very again there was some openness but i have to, i have to admit in all honesty it wasn't too much just the simple fact that you know sometimes like you know you walk in the street you have to walk a certain way you have to you know, it's like you no know, don't look left don't look right there there's always certain a certain level of protocol as i say 
And sometimes you don't have the freedom to just open up your mind and, you know, your eyesight to everything that's going on around you, political circumstances notwithstanding. But if you just take a step back and embrace the richness and the amazing culture that, you know, that we have backing us up, it's something to be so proud of. And sometimes we don't sing that song enough. You know, of course, we're always going to tout everything that's going wrong. But the culture is something that I believe that, you know, we need to keep tapping into. And a lot of people don't thank you, you know, for pushing that forward because our generation and future generations needs to be, con with, especially with everything going on right now, mm -hmm. people need to embrace the fact that, you know what, being Haitian is something that you definitely should shout on the rooftops, man, for everything yeah. that goes through. I'm not sure if Absolutely. you resonate with that. No, no, 100%. When you said, um, it, it, when we first started um, speaking that, um, I've inspired you to, you know, to embrace the culture more. I think that is the idea, that's the intention behind the work that I do is to, I think, educate or sort of ignite or wake up that, that, that thing that's innately within all of us, but we may not be aware of it. Um, cause a lot of, um, my audience, like here, for example, in New York, there are a lot of, um, Haitian descent, you know, sort of like, the diaspora here who don't really know anything about their Haitian heritage. Like they come to dance class or they'll come to a show and they like, they don't know anything. They don't know our history. They don't know, you know, they know the basics. Yeah. You know, we were the first black independent country, 1804. They don't know about, you know, like it's, it's, it's actually, I mean, it's fascinating. It's sad, but the work is, to educate, to promote, and to just um, showcase the all the beauty that 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 is Haitian culture, because there's been so much negativity around it all these years. That it's really up to us to sort of you know change that narrative and and teach our children how how positive and beautiful it can be. You know, sort of to to look at it in it from a different perspective. And, how do we and do that? How we do better? How do we do better than uh, than the previous generation did for us? How do we how do we improve on that? Would you say? Well, I think a lot of us are doing it already. I think you know, like little things like teaching them about Haitian food or speaking Creole to them, or like you know, introducing them introducing them to to um to folk tales. I definitely resonate with what you said regarding, you know, the fact that we want to say that we're Haitian, but at the same time, we don't. And like you said, it's kind of backwards because, you know, um, Puerto Ricans are going to shout the fact that they're Puerto Rican. Jamaicans are going to shout the fact that they're Jamaican. You know, German people are going to shout the fact that they're German. You know, what is so wrong about, you know, just embracing your heritage. I guess that's the larger conversation and I wish people would have more because I believe, and I thank you for opening up yourself to like, you know, just helping me out because I always try to learn from all my guests is the fact that admitting my own shortcomings in terms of, you know, maybe I was a little bit, you know, a little bit more bigoted towards my own culture. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you grew up Haitian in such a tiny island, but that gave you so much. And now here you are, you know, evolving to North America or farther and, you know, always acknowledge the fact that, you know, you came from a very rich place. No matter how far you go, there you are. And your your heritage as a Haitian is something that you should look forward to and, and embrace. And that's something mm -hmm. that's is very powerful. Um, yeah. I did have a question. By, by the way, 
You mm-hmm. have a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Oh, thank you so much. Seriously, she's again, it's just me being a peeping girl. Tom over Instagram, but she's so beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, she is. She's so beautiful. She's so full of life and so fearless. She's just so much, so much character at, at one, you know, one years old, and she's already like, Already one. Already one. They grow so fast. fast. Yeah. How old are your babies? My daughter is six. Um, mm-hmm. My son is three. So He's got that tough yeah. macho attitude. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. the kind of guy who really wants to, like, you know, keep the tears in every time he has, he hits, <laughs> ha- bumps his head. But yeah. they're just so full of life. Uh, mm-hmm. what, did, what did motherhood mean to you, you know, when she was born? How did you feel? Oh, you know, motherhood is such a fascinating um, passage. Um, <laughs> I feel like you don't really know quite what to expect when you're pregnant. It's not until you're really like in the thick of it that you fully grasp. It's definitely not easy. It's challenging, but, um, but I feel like every day, um, is more and more rewarding sort of like getting, getting through it, you know, like we're alive, we're healthy, we're happy. I'm able to give my daughter the time that she deserves and the attention, the love. So, I feel um, I feel that it sort of came naturally to me. A lot of the a lot of the mothering, as like duties, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like too much of a challenge. Um, but I understand now, like a little bit better, the importance of like really having a solid tribe. Like you really need help. Um, it's not something that I think is easy to do alone. Although many women do do it. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, my mother raised me as a single parent. Um, and so I, I just like have so much more appreciation for her, but I also want for my children to have, you know, um, a well-balanced, well-rounded, um, household because also the balance of like male and female energies or like, you know, she might be feeling one way with one of us, but then if we bounce her off to the next one, maybe it'll shift, you know, sort of like where, how she's feeling or it's just so important to have to have both parents and um i'm very thankful that um i'm able to provide that to her amazing Amazing. (laughs) you're very vocal about you know the 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 role of the woman um of the female because i love your song famo or was that dedicated to loa or was that is that or am i totally missing the point here because it's such a beautiful song (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it's to women. It's to women overall. But, um, okay. but also to, you know, because she made me a mother. So it's sort of like homage to her. Wow. Because it's, um, it's, I asked a question because you say, I'm a dad. But when my daughter was born, I realized that, oh my God, okay, I am the reference for her in a lot of ways. I have no idea what I'm doing. And <laughs> I, it's such a scary feeling. You know, to be a protector, a provider, a teacher. But at the same time, what do I know about telling, teaching her how to be a woman? Of course, her mom is there, obviously. But mm-hmm. I also have my role as well. Like, you know, and especially in these times of, you know, um, female empowerment, which is something that's so beautiful. But at the same time, I want her to be so dedicated and so open. And um, sometimes I, I, I just, like, I get so scared. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough dance, um, especially, it, like you said, during these times, things are so sort of um, sensitive, it's tender times, <laughs> you know, like um, 
gender bias and equality. It's just, it's so much more now, I think, to consider. Like, I don't think our parents had to worry about all these things, but now it's like, because I teach um, um, Haitian folk tales in elementary oh, cool. school. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of days a week, um, I do an after school program with, um, it's through Haiti Cultural Exchange, actually, that I do this, um, it's called Tiatis. And the kids are talking about things that I, like at their, like third through fifth grade when I was in, you know, third grade, I didn't, I didn't have really all these, I didn't know about these things. They were talking about like, you know, what is tran and what is, what is, uh, see, they're like breaking down all these definitions amongst each other. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like it's. These are the types of conversations that kids are having in schools now. Like, imagine the conversations you have to have in the ho- in the household to exactly. prepare your child to go out into the world and talk about it. I don't know if it's the same in Canada. I feel like definitely. the U.S. Definitely. is a right. bit more, you know. Oh, they're very open. They're very open because yeah. you have to, as much as you want to teach them, as much as you have to teach them, they're mm-hmm. teaching you so much because they're so yeah. they're having so much more. Um, may I say, like enlightened conversations, and much more mm-hmm. open and daring exchange. Way more advanced. Every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And we there's every- so much information now in the world with the internet and. Oui, it's a lot, but I, but I'm, but I'm thankful. Yeah, because like you said, I'll be, I'll, I'll be learning so much. I have so much to learn, and I'm learning every day um, as a mother. So it's, it's a beautiful. Um, I feel like it's just like one more pin to put on my, you know, <laughs> like on my badge, like my, on my shoulder, like my armor. Mm-hmm. But um, but I don't let it define me. Like I'm not. Reva the mother like it's like I'm an artist I'm a singer I'm a dancer I'm a jeweler I'm a mother I'm a writer like it's just like one of my talents I feel you have so many talents you have so many talents <laughs> it's hard to keep track but it's something that yeah, again, we'll talk about personal lot. truth man mm-hmm. yeah I um I definitely had to step into that because for so long so many people made me feel like you sort of have to choose in order to be great at something, you have to just choose that and go down that path and do it 100%. Um, and I think I really had to like make a conscious decision, like, no, actually, I feel like I have lots of gifts and I'm gonna, you know, explore them all. And I may not be as great at one as the next, but I'm, that's not gonna stop me from, you know, exploring it and, and expounding on that craft and, and just, you know, doing it with all my heart because I enjoy <clears throat> all these things it's not just one thing and there are plenty of artists who you know are not just one when you know in one category Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a no it's not just a haitian thing because many you know people in the industry here have said the same thing too like are you a singer or are you a dancer like which is it why do i have to be one thing yeah the thing is i'm not so that's not gonna work so Um, is it okay to fail is it okay to fail? You talked a lot about <laughs> trying different things. You know, just venturing into on this path or this path or this path. I totally resonate with that, but I just want mm-hmm. to get your perspective on, you know, okay, this might not work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay to fail, but that's such a strong word. It doesn't really sit properly with me mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I've failed at anything per se. Like I have a jewelry line that at one point I gave a lot of energy to and now I give less energy to it, but I'm still creating jewelry and I still make sales. It's just that like, it's sort of like waves. Like 
right now I want to focus on, you know, like creating a, a children's lullaby album in Creole. So I'm going to okay. put energy into that. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm working on that now. I'm excited about that. But it's just about what you put your energy into. You know, like I feel success is possible for anyone as long as you, you know, put the time and the energy into it. So I don't know, failure is just like, Failure is sort of like when you have no other options, like this has to work or else, like that's it. And I don't feel like I've ever really been faced with that. I feel like I always, always sort of like dance through through it all. So There's a lot of the conversation I have with a lot of people is the fact that, okay, you want to try something that you've never tried before, getting out of the proverbial, you know, of your comfort zone. But everybody mm-hmm. wants that, you know, a reassurance, that certainty that, that again, you're stepping out of your comfort zone to be comfortable. Like, dude, just, just get out there. Just, just do that. I'm not sure if you could speak, yeah. that. just, you know, just try stuff out. I def- that re- definitely resonates with me because I've had to, like, uh, you know, I've written a, a children's book in, in Creole. That's not my domain. That's not my, my expertise. But I didn't feel like I was out of place to step into that world because I had something within me that I needed to get out there and I made it happen. And, but I, you know, I wasn't a bestseller. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, uh, but I got it printed and it's on Amazon. I feel like that's a success. I'm not funny. I, I think it depends on how you define success you know what mm-hmm. i mean because some people define success by like you know six figures big house several cars vacation home like i understand those are great goals but for me success is like doing what i love actively like having the freedom to do what i love and i feel like i do that every day like i don't feel like i'm confined to to do something that i you know i'm not enjoying or I feel like I make a conscious decision so that everything that I take on is in alignment with my purpose. So like even like doing some work with Katie Cultural Exchange, like the work that we do is to promote and uplift and 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 um and showcase Haitian culture. And we, you know, showcase different artists and I do like, you know, programs with children where I teach kids who are in New York about their Haitian heritage through sometimes we do dance classes, sometimes we do folk tales, but like, I feel like all of that is still relevant. So wow. to me, I feel like that's success, but if I, you know, it just depends. I feel like every individual sort of defines what that means for them. Sometimes we lose, we lose sight. I've, mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that, you know, trying to, you know, trying to fit within, you know, somebody else's mold or lens or somebody else's projection of how we should or should be or what we should do. And at a certain point, you have to break that. You have to break that and understand that, you know what, dare to be yourself. And for some people, for some reason, and I get that a lot in the conversations I have, a lot of people are afraid to actually embrace who they are. I have no idea where that Mm -hmm. comes from. I still don't have that Mm -hmm. answer myself, but Mm -hmm. you can only do you. Man, I don't know. I don't, I personally, I don't understand where that fear comes from. I really don't. I think it's learned behavior, you know, sort of like we have, um, we have sort of like a model, like what we're taught is the, you know, the epitome of, of, of a successful person. Like the successful person speaks this way, acts this way, you know, dresses this way. So if you, are inclined to do something that's a bit outside of that definition it, it's sort of you know can be found and i think also in haitian society well not just in haitian society in society in general because it's all over the world that i feel like 
especially artists who are a little bit different, it's hard to step into that, like, step into that different um, ness, which is not a word. <laughs> it's but, allowed. Um, You're among friends. Your, yeah, it's allowed. Into your uniqueness. You know, like you said, stepping into, you know, your, your, your truest self is not easy because normal, naturally, I think that's going to be different from what the norm is. And, um, and doing that, I think, takes a certain level of courage and fearlessness to really do that um, fully, which is not always easy because it's, it's not going to be accepted by everyone at first. That makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Culturally speaking, we've always been exposed to, I'm sorry, societal judgment and, uh, you know, um, you know, evaluation, if you will, whether what school do you go to? Who do you hang out with? Like, who are you dating? Like, you know, who's your father? Who's your grandmother? What's your last name? Where do you live? What car do you drive? Okay. Really? You take a camionette to go home? Really? Yeah. You can't be seen in that, in those, in those circles. Yeah. And I speak this very openly because I've been through it all. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point you have to end the cycle, at least have the conversation that makes you ask the questions. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the rich type of, you know, exchange that we're having right now, because, you know, if, you know, we can actually have one person, you know, just raise an eyebrow saying, hmm, maybe we should try and do things differently. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. the same way as you, you're, you're doing workshops and you're doing dance classes and you, you're writing children's books in Creole. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a terrific thing. What's the name of the book? It's called Anael Aklasiren. Okay. Is there yeah. a story behind that? Um, yes. Uh, my father, well, my father passed away in 2013. Oh, um, wow. I'm sorry. Yes, it's okay. Thank you. Um, he, um, he drowned. Um, it was an unexpected uh, death, like very just freak accident. Um, and I think that when he passed was sort of like the turning point for me to sort of step into my authentic self. Like we're just saying, like I, I had all these ideas, but I was sort of a bit hesitant to explore them all because there was just so much. I felt like, okay, if I'm going to be a singer, let me just work on this EP and just do that. But I had like, you know, a children's book in the back of my mind because my mom and I and my sister, we have this program called Lilili, which was founded after the earthquake for children who were displaced mm-hmm. and were in, in um, tent camps. And we basically trained a group of readers who went out into the camps and read um, stories to them, which we we couldn't find many um, at the time. You know, obviously in 2010, things are different now, but we couldn't find many books that were written in Haitian Creole. They were all in English or in French, and we had to get them translated or, or we translated them ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was very strange. And it was also strange that most of the stories were not, you know, they didn't really speak to the children's realities because they were, you know, I don't know, talking about just whatever, Martin, Bala, whatever, like just things that were not, <laughs> you know, like their everyday lives. So I wanted to create something I guess to tie all this together is I had a story about the, about the ocean. Cause when my dad passed, I had a lot of vision, like visuals in my mind about this under, you know, like how they say, like, like, you know, like this like marketplace and like all these vivid imageries. Um, and as a little girl, I used to hear all these stories. Like I had a neighbor who told me that his dad almost drowned once but that a mermaid, um, you know, swam up to him underwater and 
kissed air, kissed air into his mouth and he, you know, breathed again. And she told him, you know, bring him back a comb in return. And he bought her a comb and then he's alive. And I'm like, yes, he's my dad. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't know. But as a kid, I was like, wait, is this a real story? Was he hallucinating? Like maybe because he lost oxygen. (laughs) Like I had all these like explanations, logical explanations. But I'm like, I really don't know because this is what a grown man told his son happened to him. So who am I to say that? You know, that's not actually what happened. You don't, you so, don't know. So I had all these, um, all these ideas I wanted to piece together. So I created this story about a little girl, Anael, who um, one day just she's, you know, on the beach with her friends and the wind blows her hat into the water. And so she sings this song and the water, basically the gates of the water open up to her. And she goes on this underwater quest to find her hat. And, um, you know, we don't have the palace anymore. So she goes down there and there's like a big, beautiful underwater palace with like this Megmao um, with like the tail, you know, that statue that's in front of mm-hmm. the, um, in front of the palace. And like all these cultural references, like there's this school, there's like a whole mache where they're selling like different, you know, Haitian um, goodies, like um pistache and, and just con different things um and she she goes into the palace and she meets um well on her way to the palace she meets different characters like la siren la valen she meets a jaco who sings a song and then on the whales there's like veve symbols on them because also you don't see these things in children's books you, know? you don't um so I wanted to just like start a conversation. Like if the child sees that, it's like, you know, what is this symbol? What does this mean? Or like, why is, you know, I just feel like there's no room for the children to even pose the questions because they're, they're not really exposed to it enough or, or and there's, there's no content. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to sort of create a book that was really charged with um, references and information for them to sort of just sprinkle the culture all over the all over mm-hmm, the book exactly and get them get their you know their wheels turning so that is she such goes an amazing thing it's a fun fun book very colorful it was illustrated by um rodney sadden who was a haitian artist that i met here and he just really put my vision to paper he just did a beautiful job and um Congratulations! Yeah, that it's, is it's so a, cool. That is so cool. You. Just hearing you talk about it, just so just, you spoke with so much. I'm not sure if you heard yourself, but you spoke with so <laughs> much emotion about it. It's definitely, definitely what you call a proverbial labor of love. Yeah, so a, wow, I'll definitely link it into the blog post of the episode once once we publish this. Yes. But wow, man, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so you said it's available on Amazon. It is on Amazon. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was is... printed by. It's so crazy because I I found this um publishing house Educa mm-hmm. Vision, who's based in Florida and when I um went to go meet with him I just so happened to be in Florida I had the I had everything prepared I had all of my illustrations I had the whole book like everything was written and then I just needed to get this book printed mm-hmm. and when I went oh no I had submitted it it was like a contest like get your book printed. anyways I they mine was chosen and when I went to go meet with like the the CEO or the executive director of the um, publishing house, it turns out that he knew my like he didn't realize, but he went to school with my father. Like my dad was in school in Kapaisia for like one year out of his life or something, 
and wow. he so happened to be in school in in Kabbalistan with my dad that year. Like he knew him. He's like, oh my goodness, you're he, he didn't know my dad had passed. It was just like this whole, you know, like it was like so serendipitous. So so um, it was really beautiful working with um, that publishing house. They they really were so um, supportive and helpful, and and it's great because they print. Creole books. They have dictionaries, and they have like they have like huge collections. Seriously, um, and, mm-hmm, it's called Educa. If you look them up, they have like endless um, reading material for kids. I will. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Oh wow! So you definitely yeah, and, see the book found the proper home to actually exactly. flourish and get out there into the world. Exactly, so it was in the right hand. I feel like now though there there are way more um, books in in Creole for kids. Like if you go on Amazon, you type in like Creole children's books. There's like a plethora. But before you couldn't find them. It's just like the Little Prince when it was when it, when actually when I actually saw that it was actually published in Creole. That was good. T Prince, no? I'm like, oh, okay, we're Uh-oh. making strides. We're making strides. T Prince, no? It's actually it's actually an actual it's an actual print. Le Petit Prince en en Creole. That was like. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Maybe Shout out. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Man. Um, I there's so much, there's so much we could cover, but also I wanted to congratulate you on the new album. Um oh, it's Nakala. It's a beautiful, beautiful collection of pieces that resonates with so many people because the second it was like it went like online and stuff, and so many people I got you know, over my Instagrams and everything, everybody was shouting out. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's it, it really got a lot of love. It really got a lot of love. It's all deserved. It's all deserved. And I was just curious because again, I have no musical bone in my body, but where did that germinate from? Like, okay, how long did it take to, to you know to produce? Where did that come from? How long was it in like, you know, in, in the back of your mind? Because I really have no idea how this thing works or what it takes to put on an album out, but yeah. I'm just curious about the process. Yeah, well my husband, um, as we know, he's definitely the musical genius behind um basically most of uh, all of them are arranged you guys made music. such a beautiful creative team it's amazing yeah it really um worked out beautifully in that right um he he a lot of the songs he had sort of in his back pocket <laughs> but they weren't recorded yet um and then at the same time a lot of the, i would say like half and half like Half of the songs were things that he already had, um, you know, in voice notes or sort of like somewhere. And then half of the album just came to him like, like just all at once. He just blurted them all out like in a few days. Um, so we actually recorded the entire album right after we gave, right after I gave birth to our daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you have a newborn, like, there's not a lot of time no <laughs> and the urgency to create especially as an artist is like times 100 like you want to get things done you don't want to take too much of a pause you want to get back on the saddle but how you know to find the time so we would literally like put her down for a nap and the moment she would fall asleep like i would go in the studio he would you know like get the, get everything up and running and i would just like record an entire song and i had this different it was different because I didn't have the luxury of like, you know, Oh, like, let's do another take. Like, let's, you know, let's run that back. Like we didn't really do a lot of takes. It was sort of like raw and just like, get this done, get it done. Right. Like, move on up. Exactly. And we, gave our, we gave ourselves a deadline. Cause we were like, 
all right, we're going to go down to Haiti for, for my birthday. So it was my 30th um, at the time. And we wanted to have the album, you know, painted and, you know, cut, like everything done. So we didn't have... <laughs> we didn't have Isn't it amazing how urgency and scarcity just <laughs> ponders and fuels creativity? Yes, it really did. I mean, I can't believe that we did. Because for my first album, Fail de Culture, we had, you know... We had time. We didn't really have a deadline. We were very, like, we were very, um, like, we, we did the whole album. Like, we did um, reference tracks first. We did scratch vocals. I went, I went home with it. I sat with it. I got to edit, and then we went back into the studio. We did, we redid the vocals many times. Like, we really took our time, very meticulously correcting everything. But with this one, it was sort of just like. We, we really put a different type of energy into it. And I feel like this the sound is so different from the first album to this one. Um, and especially because of the times. Like, you know, it's sort of a reflection of the times because things are so, like, hot and messy right now in Haiti. It's, it's, I felt, we felt, both of us, that, like, people need this music right now. Like, this is what we need to be listening to. This is the, these are the conversations and the topics that need to be That's brought up. Felt. That's what I felt. Because, you know, like just speaking about, I mean, all over the world, there's music that's just about nothingness, which is great because, you know, we need pop music and we need, you know, to, to, to relax and not have to focus on all the you problems. You need to disconnect the world. sometimes, obviously. Disconnect, exactly. And there are a few, you know, like, there's uh, not really. On this album, I feel like it's all very, like, charged. Like, even FAMU, it's a, it's a, it's an empowerment song. It's it's not a, it really, is an empowerment song. It is yeah, an empowerment it's not, song. It's relaxing because it's, yeah, it's a ballady type of uh, tempo, but it's still, um, you know, sort of engaging. So I feel like it was really a statement piece, um, the entire album. And Novelino um, did most of the writing. And um, I did a lot of sort of, you know, um, we co-write and then I, you know, make edits and when he's creating the, the tracks because he does all the production. So he produces it. He um, lays down the guitar. He laid down a lot of instruments, actually. He did the guitar. He did the piano. He did the drums. Kudos, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, and um, we had a few features on there. We had Princess Ed. And um, we had um, actually my husband's younger brother um, was also rapping on one of the songs on Famasi. Mm-hmm. So it was fun, um, sort of like working with some other artists. But like for example, the song that we did with Erd, we had recorded that a, a couple of years back, but we just never put it out on a project. So it was like sort of perfect timing to put um, those songs on there as Let's well. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Everything good. happens in due time because that's definitely how, what it felt like, especially how yeah. it resonated with so many people and so many people responding so positively over it. When a lot of Absolutely. people are just saying like how this song gives me life or how this album is just so fueled with beauty and honesty mm-hmm. and truth. And you said it yourself. It is a statement piece because mm-hmm. it's not just about the words and the vocals, but it's also about um, the message and um the mission, if you will, because mm-hmm. art should inspire you to think. It should move you emotionally and spiritually. And that's something that I really believe that you guys succeeded in doing with this piece. Um, oh, because uh, it's something that listens, that, you know, just flows. You could listen it on a Saturday afternoon. You can listen it before going to bed at night. It can wake you up in the morning. It's a very, it's a very well-balanced album. I am not a, mu- a music critic, but I know what I like. 
And mm. I definitely, definitely resonate very well with this album because I'm really trying to, again, reconnect with my culture in any which way I can, mm -hmm. putting out the Bookman albums, putting out the, you know, the... Again, the Ram CDs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I in a couple of years so and, and slowly but surely re-exposing my kids because they're going to grow up Canadian, but I do not want them. There are they're, like, you know, my wife and I do not want them to stray from their, you know, Haitian identity because they are Haitian any which mm -hmm. way. And that's yeah. something I really want to thank you guys for, for, you know, putting out, you know, such powerful and truthful and honest content because it's something that we need. And yes, you're right. There is drivel out there. And again, you know, you know, pick and choose your your level of entertainment. But again, I believe what you're doing is being done with intent, is being done with honesty, it's being done with a sincere, um, sincere affection uh, for your fellow listeners, for your fellow humans, whether through children or all the messages that you guys put out. It's something that is really beautiful, and I really, really, really want to thank you for that. That's really coming mm -hmm. from a very sincere place. I really want to thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means that our work is, you know, the work is being done and it's, it's, it's well received, which makes us all happy. <laughs> yeah. I want to keep my promise. I promise I wouldn't keep you too late. Um, <laughs> and I know you have to get back to the little one and I want to thank yeah. you again for the precious, precious time. Cause again, we only yeah. have time to give in this life, but I want to thank Absolutely. you for the exchange. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. Eva. I can't thank you enough. Um, for all the listeners, where can we connect with you over the interwebs? Oh, yes. Um, well, my Instagram is Riva.Nyri, and that's R-I-V-A dot N-Y-R-I. That's where I post the most of my, um, you know, dance class schedules, my performance dates, um, my jewelry is on there, my paintings. Like, I have several other pages, but that's where I sort of channel everything. That's um, the main hub. Stuff. Yeah, that's the main hub. Epic. Um and then um also um our band page is boyomusic.com. Yes. yes, well dot com, yes, it's our website, but um Boyo Music B O H I O M U S I C um for our page. And yeah, you'll find everything on there. I feel like that's such a millennial thing to say, like check out my Instagram, but it's really where everything is, you know? Like that's the main hub like, for a lot of people. That's yeah, the main webpage really other than the actual website, right? Yeah, I feel like I go to people's Instagrams before anything else these days. So definitely. Again, definitely. people have a website, but sometimes okay. like you know, the Instagram page gets more hits, but definitely mm -hmm. I'll link up all the necessary links on the blog post. And yeah. we do have a running tradition. On the mm -hmm. podcast, I always like to leave it out to the guest. Last <laughs> word, final word, a kind thought, a sonnet, or a song lyric. You know, anything <laughs> the listeners can actually wake up to tomorrow, even an actual, you know, a call to action. You know, waking up tomorrow just a little bit more further along their journey, just to push them, you know, towards their next level. Yeah, well, something that I've been um, sort of pushing over the years, um, particularly on my Instagram platform, has been the hashtag know your magic and i feel like i see that a lot but um but it's it's very relevant to what we were saying before about stepping into yourself and really being proud of where you come from and 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 sort of your heritage what are the different fabrics that have come together to create you know this beautiful piece of art that is you so i feel like Know Your Magic is such a simple phrase, but it really has many layers to it. And if you really go deeper into the meaning of it, 
if we all explore like what is our magic like what makes me magical and i feel like magic is a word that people don't really like people try to shy away from that but it's like it can be such a simple thing like my magic is like i'm i'm haitian <laughs> that in itself is like magical and like, what does it mean to be haitian you know like what what are your gifts and and what do you have to share what are you contributing to the world and, and how how are you special and different and so i feel like if you know that and you can really kind of do anything because you, you're, you're limitless once you're secure with that answer and confident in in that path that you're choosing so i would say know your magic know your magic mm -hmm. wow Hashtag. Magical hashtag. <laughs> Magical being as you are, Riva. I cannot thank you enough. I'm repeating myself, but it was a true honor and a thrill uh, to share thank this time so with you. Um, I can only wish you and yours uh, ongoing success. Love to the little one. And thank you yet again for this powerful mission you set your sights on. Um, again, looking forward to so many, much more, many more creations and many more beautiful, beautiful tunes uh, coming from you and Movilino. Thank you so much, you guys, you know, for everything that you do, for your wonderful mission. And uh, again, just wishing you nothing less but love and happiness and awesomeness going forward. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely letting this, putting this out. I know you have a busy schedule, but for everyone, open invite. Anytime you want to be back, you're always welcome. Thank you so much, Olivia. I appreciate that. Let's definitely do this again. And maybe get, you know, get Movelino involved next time. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm not forgetting my man. Definitely. We definitely, definitely <laughs> have him on. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Wicked the Awesome Podcast in the can, live from Kazakh, Quebec, all the way to Brooklyn. Oh, my guest. <laughs> of course, do check it out on all the interwebs, but don't worry. I'll have all the blog posts and all the links available on the blog post once it goes live. Yeah. Nice. Kaila. Be guys do check it out available on all platforms it is definitely worth your yeah. listen show some support show some love and again embrace your outfits know your magic guys have a terrific terrific evening thank you so much for the love share the episode if you found any form of relevance or importance to it let's keep the the awesomeness going have a terrific evening stay blessed stay loved and do stay awesome this has been another episode of the awaken the awesome podcast we do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.